I'm going to tell a funny before I get serious and get in the Word of God. And it's a funny on myself, so it's okay, all right? We went to Egypt. 20 hours on a the bus, there and back. Never again. I just tell you, it's terrible. We finally, we first stop was at this... Uh, Egyptian Museum of History. Now, there's a lot of interesting things in there, but we were too tired to enjoy it. At least I was. But after that, we had lunch. That wasn't too bad, but give me chicken fried steak and mashed potatoes, okay? I'm not a Middle Eastern type of guy, okay? Uh, It's just not my diet of choice. Afterwards, we finally went to the pyramids. And uh, we get there, and (sighs) Brother Brad says, now, you guys, you need to stay together. And by the way, all of these peddlers are going to see you're an American, and they are going to just swamp you. So stay together and just say no and keep on walking unless you want to buy something. But be prepared If you buy something, you're going to have to buy something from every one of them. Or they will not let you go. They will just follow you around. Okay. So some of them climbed on the pyramids. And, of course, bad knee, no way. I'm not doing that. And I'm sitting there. And I'm just kind of taking it all in. I'm looking around. And anyways, I lost them. I said, where's my group? So guess what happens? Here comes all of these peddlers. And I mean, I got them all over the place. And I'm saying, nope, nope, that's okay. That's okay, that's okay. Well, this one gal, Egyptian woman, older woman, she goes, oh, I have something for you. And she pulls out this Alibaba wrap, okay? Okay. And she goes, oh, let me put this on your head. And I'm sitting there going, oh, okay. She put it on. She goes, oh, I take your picture. I take your picture with my phone. She goes, oh, you look like an Egyptian. You need Egyptian wife? I said, no, I don't think my wife would appreciate that back home. She goes, oh, let me take your picture. Let me take your picture. Well. It cost me 20 bucks to get her to leave me alone. <laughs> Anyways, I'm looking for my group. I can't find them. And I mean, I'm walking and, and people are just attacking me here by this, by that, by this, by that. And anyway, I thought, well, they must have got on the bus and went to the next pyramid. So I start to walk. And then I see this carriage with a donkey. I said, you know what? I don't care what it costs. I'm going to get a donkey to get over to the next one. So I just talked to the guy, and we bartered and made a deal. And I had just taken my wallet out, and one of our crew goes, Pastor John. And I turned around. We've been looking everywhere for you. 
So the moral of the story, don't ever wander off from your group. I told him, thank you. The Lord watches out for infidels and Baptist preachers. Because someone finally came and saved me from myself and from all of those street vendors. Amen. So that's a funny. Now, I will say this. My wife didn't think it was funny when another woman said, you need an Egyptian wife. She knows a couple. A couple. She took a couple pictures. I can't get it across her. She goes, oh, no, there's 16 pictures. Well, yeah, I had other vendors take pictures of me while I was there. Anyways, at least I didn't get married, right? Right? But anyways, praise the Lord. Oh, I'm here to tell you. I promised her I'd never go to Egypt again. But we had a good time, and I thank the church. Uh, Israel, this was my third time. And I will be honest, I saw the same things I saw with Lori back in 09. Saw the same things I saw Brother Jack back in 03. But it was still good. But, you know, I left there, to be quite honest with you, with a burden. See, everybody says, oh, Israel, that's such a, that's God's country. That's God's people. And yes, they are his chosen people. And Israel is the apple of his eye. But understand, those people have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Understand, they just go through the motion of worshiping, but they're not worshiping the true God. They're not worshiping the truth, the word of God. And it burdens my heart. We were at Shiloh. Well, Shiloh is the proper term. And we had this gentleman that had, how many books had he written? And he studied about finding the city of Shiloh. And The question was asked about Christ being the Messiah. And he made no qualms. Nope. Nope. He's not the Messiah. In fact, he doesn't measure up to what the Messiah is supposed to be. And I will say this. My brother... Ask him a good question. He was the only one that asked him a question, and it kind of startled the old fella. He didn't really know how to answer that question. Do you remember your question, brother? What was it? Tell everybody. He believed in a God, not a triune God. That's correct. That's right. How do you get by? That's poor. You know, well, he says a lot of people interpret the Bible differently. I mean, that was the answer. That was his answer. Yeah. Misinterpreted. But he said no when they asked, well, describe what makes the Messiah. Why is it the Messiah you're looking for and waiting for isn't Christ? 
And pretty much he said the reason Christ isn't is because he didn't do anything when he was here. The real Messiah would have got us out of bondage from Rome. The real Messiah would have made it a heaven on earth. False. You see what he neglects to say, saying that the real Messiah would have did this and that. What's sad about that is our Savior did do something when he died on the cross to pay for our sins. When he gave himself as a sacrifice so that me and you could be here today with heaven waiting for us one day. So, anyways, as I was thinking about my trip, and I had a lot of time to think. There's a couple times that, I'll be honest, oh, I've been to that side. I stayed on the bus. One, they walked me to death. I'm going to tell you, I, we probably walked 25, 30 miles. And was it good for my old bad knee? Yeah. It ain't bad. No, it didn't hurt. It just swelled. But we walked so much that <laughs> baby steps, I, I mean, literally couldn't walk no more. So there's a couple, well, I've seen this, I've been here, I'm going to stay on the bus. Well, I would open my Bible, I always, everybody carried their Bible. I'd open my Bible and God laid Jeremiah on my heart. So turn over there, Jeremiah chapter 8. I want to look at a few verses, this is what he's laid on my heart this morning. And it coincides with what I was saying. About their searching, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Jeremiah chapter 8, and let me just say before we even read our text, Jeremiah was a prophet of God before the Babylonian captivity. He preached 40 years, and he preached a message of repentance as he looked around. God laid it on his heart. Now, a lot of folks would read his biography and say, well, he wasn't much of a prophet. Oh, he was. He was a faithful prophet of God that delivered the message of God that the children of Israel needed to repent. He preached a message of repentance. And beloved, just like that message that he preached to Israel back then, that message is still relevant to America and us. Our problem is we have forgotten how far we have fallen from God. Amen? So, here was the attitude, before I get into my text, look at chapter 7 and look at verses 27 and 28. That will give you the mindset of the children of Israel at that time. That Jeremiah is speaking to him. Verse 27. Therefore thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. Verse 28. But thou shalt say unto them, this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. 
That was the shape the nation of Israel was in, and that's the shape our country's in today. You would think we would listen. We would learn. But have we? No. But we're just like Israel then. Now, here's my text. Chapter 8, we're going to begin with verse 5. Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast deceit. They refuse to return. Turn to verse 8. How do you say... We are wise, and the law of the Lord is with us. Lo, certainly in vain made he it. The pen of the scribes is in vain. Verse 9. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken low. They have rejected the word of the Lord. And what wisdom is in them? Verse 14, why do we sit still? Assemble yourselves and let us enter into the defense cities and let us be silent there for the Lord our God has put us to silence and given us of water of gall to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. Verse 15, we looked for peace but no good came And for a time of health, and behold, trouble. Verse 19. Behold the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people, because of them that dwell in a far country. Is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their graven images and with strange vanities? Verse 20, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. And verse 22, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thankful for those that have come out. This morning to worship you in spirit and in truth. I thank you, Lord, that I'm able to be back behind the pulpit, able to share your word. And dear God, thank you for your healing touch. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be here, moving that stuff that I had, that uh, COVID again. You saw me through for the second time, and I just praise you for your faithfulness, Lord, and your goodness and mercy. Father, now as I break the bread of life, bless the message. May hearts and ears be open to receive what you have for us this morning. And Father, we lift up all the prayer requests that have been written on cards, those that have been spoken, those that are on our hearts, Lord. We pray that your will will be done with each one of those requests. And now, Lord, may your Holy Spirit deal with hearts. Lord, if there's a need, whatever it may be, especially for salvation, Lord, may your Holy Spirit draw men to you before it's everlasting too late. For I ask these things in the blessed name of our Savior, your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated.
the Lord asked a question through Jeremiah, beginning with verse 5. And he said, why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by a perpetual backslide? And that per- word perpetual means in excess. It means in an enduring backsliding condition. They were constantly backsliding from what they once were with the Lord. And he asked the question, then why are these people continually in a backslidden condition? And the answer to that is because of one thing. It's the same thing that troubles all backsliders. And you know what it is? It's S-I-N. It's taking your mind off serving the Lord Jesus Christ and living a life pleasing unto Him and living for yourself. You know why America is in the same shape as Israel back then? That word, S-I-N. We used to say that He is the God over this nation. He's no longer over this nation, beloved. You know why? Because we have perpetually backslidden from him. And that's where Israel was. You see, they had taken their eyes off of God. And the sad thing was they didn't even recognize it. How do I know? Look at the rest of the verse. They hold fast deceit. You see, they literally thought, Hey, I don't know what Jeremiah, that old prophet of God, is saying. I don't know where he's coming from. How dare he think there's anything wrong with us? We still love God. We still serve God. No, they were fooling themselves. That's just like us. Oh, I go to church on Sunday morning. Oh, if I have time, I, I say a little prayer while I'm driving to work. Oh, I work so hard, I have to have some entertainment. So I, I go over here. It's all, it ain't hurting nobody. You see, we deceive ourselves because of the condition of our hearts. That's what was wrong with Jerusalem, Israel, if you will. And that's what's wrong with us in America today. We have deceived ourselves into thinking everything's okay. You know why churches struggle today? Because they've deceived themselves into thinking they're right with God. You say, well, a church is supposed to be right. A church that is totally submitted and surrendered to God, they are right. Because they will lift up holy hands of praise and worship. And they will preach the word of God and teach the word of God. They will stand their ground. But I'll tell you what, it's real easy for a church to backslide when they take their eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ and they don't deal with their heart. See, it's an inner problem. It's not an outer problem. It's an inner problem. Notice what he says. Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by their perpetual backsliding? They hold fast deceit and notice They refuse to return. 
Don't need to. I'm okay. Knock on the door and talk to a person about the Lord. And they'll tell you up front the majority. Oh yeah, I'm saved. I go to church. Nothing wrong with me. Well, the problem is, by denying that there's something wrong, they're not right with the Lord. Amen? You got to recognize. America needs to recognize we're not right with God. And the only thing that's going to make us right is for us to repent and return to God and forsake the world and the things of the world. Now, notice what he says in verse 6. I know I didn't read this, but he says, I hearkened and heard, but they spake not right. No man repented of his wickedness, saying, Jeremiah, what have I done? And then look at what Jeremiah says. Everyone turned to his course as the horse Rusheth into battle. Now, Jeremiah says, you're just like a horse that has been trained to go into battle. You rush headlong into battle without even considering you might get hurt or the consequences that await you. Why? Because that's what you've been trained to do. And what he's saying to the children of Israel, and we are to open our ears up and pay attention, he's saying, you are just like those horses. You rush headlong into sin. You don't consider the consequences. You don't consider the penalty you're going to pay. Is that not us today? It sure is. You see, the flesh wants what it wants, preacher. Yeah, and the flesh will get you in trouble every time. And the flesh will break the relationship with God and the fellowship. When I say relationship, I'm not talking if you're truly saved, you have that relationship, you're going to heaven. But when I say breaking fellowship, I'm talking about that you no longer will have a desire to serve the Lord. All you want to do is serve yourself. That's all you want to do. And that's where we are as a nation. We've got it so backwards. Has God blessed this nation? Yes, and I've had people say, well, God's no longer blessing America. Well, I wonder why. And by the way, we're still here, so he's still blessing. We are a nation that has been blessed. Us and Israel are the only two nations since the beginning of the world where God has literally had his hand on us and brought us to where we are. Our problem is we just leave him out of the equation today. We don't want to recognize. You see, in America, just as a horse rushing into to battle, in America today, we rush into flaunting our sin How do I know? I'll get in trouble, but I'll go ahead and start. We have people that God calls an abomination 
parading up and down the streets saying, I was born this way, I'm going to be this way, and it doesn't matter if you like it or not. you got to accept me. No, I don't. Not your lifestyle. I have to pray for you. I have to, if the best of my ability, present Christ and the gospel to you every time I have opportunity. But I don't have to accept your lifestyle, and I'll get in trouble, but I don't have to like your lifestyle. Too many want to just embrace politicians, entertainers, and even some churches want to embrace. Not Lone Mountain as long as I'm here. Not going to happen. Now, y'all might send me down the road. That, it's up to you. And if you do, you might do it. But God help you. See, the Word of God says that I have to give an account for you folks. I want to do it with joy. I don't want to say, yeah, Lord, I thought they were sheep. Did y'all get that? I thought they were sheep. You see, again, rushing headlong into our sin without even thinking about the consequences. The devil is out to destroy our homes. He's out to get our kids. And folks, I'll go ahead and say it. And grandparents and parents alike, listen to me. If you've got school-aged children, you should be at every one of their PTA meetings, every one of their meetings where the school board meets to discuss what they're going to teach and what you should be there. And if you hear something that's contrary to what the Word of God says, you need to stand up and speak up. Amen? The devil is having his way, and it's because we aren't considering the consequences. I'm going to tell you, I got grandchildren that are in school. It scares me to death what they're going to be facing. We never had that to worry about. When I was in school, I never worried about a transgendered person. Transgendered person would be, it wouldn't have been good for him where I'm from. I'll just go ahead and say, say, well, you old redneck? Yeah. Hillbilly? Yeah. You just don't do stuff like that. And I'll say this too. A lot of folks probably (laughs) condemn me for what I'm fixing to say. But if I found out a teacher molested one of my kids, I'm going to jail. Do you hear me? I'm going to jail. You say, oh, you should just pray for that person. Oh, I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to repent after they drag him by the heels to the hospital. Amen? It shouldn't be this way. But we as a church don't have the courage anymore to stand up for what's right. We're afraid we'll offend someone. Well, what about them offending us? What about them offending God? Amen? 
It's amazing. And we wonder why America is in the shape she's in. Well, look at who you vote for. Did you really pray before you went into the, cast a ballot, the poll? See, a lot of folks just look, oh, well, I'm a Republican, R, 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 R. Let me tell you about some R, 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 Nars. They don't know Christ. And they're just as bad as the D, 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 D. Amen. That's why you get on the computer and you figure out what they stand for, what they believe in. And yes, they can fool us. A lot of them do, these folks. Isn't it amazing if you go out and hear a politician and then you have the opportunity to speak to them? Isn't it amazing? Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a deacon at so-and-so Baptist church. They ain't been a deacon in 40 years and they ain't been to church in 40 years either. But I'm a Christian. Headlong, just like a horse for battle, rushing into war. That's where we're at. That's where Israel was at. Now, notice what the Word of God says. How do we say, verse 8, we are wise, and the law of the Lord is with us. Lo, certainly in vain made he it. The pens of the scribes is in vain. Lots of them like to spout. They know the Bible. Well, so does the devil. In fact, the devil knows the word of God better than me and you. And he will twist the scriptures to get his across. And so many people don't even pick it up except Sunday morning when they come to church. They don't read their Sunday school lesson. They don't come to Sunday school. They might read if they're in the hospital. They might read if they've lost a loved one. But it's always something that gets them to the point, well, I better pick up the Bible now. Children of Israel had the law of the Lord. They had the word of God. But because they didn't confess their sins and turn from them, judgment had to fall. They lost to the Assyrians and they were fixing to be taken into captivity by the Babylonians. Oh, but they said they had the law. It was in vain to them. Look at what the scripture says. We looked, verse 15. Well, let's go to verse 14. Why do we sit still? Huh. I'll tell you what happens to a church and a believer that becomes idle in serving God. They end up in sin. They end up backsliding. Why do you think this preacher for almost, do y'all know I'm going to be here 20 years in April? 20 years as your pastor. It's been a privilege. And I love you and I appreciate your support. 
But why do you think in these 20 years I'm always saying, serve God. Get active. We have things here that need to be done. We got things for you to do. There's no need in being idle. Why do I say it? Because the reason David got in trouble on a rooftop was instead of leading his men in battle, he was idle on the roof. He looked, saw a beautiful woman named Bathsheba taking a bath, and you know the rest of the story. That's what idleness will do. Amen? Notice, why do we sit still? Assemble yourselves and let us enter into the defense cities and let us be what? Silent there. Jeremiah is saying, listen, Jerusalem, come in the walled city and sit and wait on the Lord. Humble yourselves before Almighty God. Wait on Him. Let Him deal with your heart. But they didn't even want to do that, did they? Notice. For the Lord our God has put us to silence and given us water of gall to drink because why? We sinned against the Lord. Everybody you talk to today concerning our country ask. What's wrong with America? Why are we in the shape we are in as a country? It's because, as Jeremiah told them, you sinned against the Lord. And the only way we're going to get right is to confess our sins and turn from them. Repentance is a change of heart and a change of mind. Look at the next verse. We looked for peace, but no good came. And for a time of health, and behold, trouble. Sounds like America to me. How about you? Sounds like the church to me. How about you? Oh, we look for health. We're good. God's going to bless us regardless. Wrong. Instead of health, they found nothing but trouble. And the same thing's going to happen to us. In fact, the same thing is already happening to us. Behold, the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people. Verse 19. Because of them that dwell in a far country, is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their gra- graven images and with their strange vanities? You see, Questions ask. God's saying to Jerusalem, Israel, 
is not your God, is not your king in Zion, then what is this you brought over from foreign lands that you bow to and you worship as graven images? Idols, for those of you that don't know. And beloved, anything can be an idol if it takes the place of God. Anything. It can be entertainment. It can be your family. It can be your job. It can be all manner of things. And Jeremiah says, it's not the king here in Zion. God is the only true God. Anything other than him is an idol and it's a false God. Over in Egypt, Brother Bob will have to attest, that is one of the most pagan countries I've ever seen in my life. Went to that museum, all of these kings declared that they were gods. And the people knelt before them and worshipped them as that. Not only kings, but cats. Amen. All kinds of things. Mummies. I told this guy, oh, I can't think of her name. She's from Minnesota. The big, big fella's daughter. What was, yeah, what was her name? Christy. Christy. I finally saw somebody taller than Brother Bob. <laughs> Brother Carl. Yeah. How tall would you say he was? About six, seven, six, eight. Yeah. They stood up and I thought, wow. You're short, Brother Bob. But anyways, his daughter. And we were looking at this mummy on display. And it was really a mummy. It was laying out there. And I thought, good night. Would you want to wind up like that poor mummy? Laying out and everybody comes around taking pictures of you and looking at you. I said, boy, I sure wouldn't want that. And you know what she said? Oh, I would. I said, why? Well, they'd always remember me. No, I walked off. No, that ain't the way I think about it. Don't get me wrong. Sister Christian's a nice gal. She's a believer. But no, I don't want to be a mummy. And I don't have to be worried about being a mummy because when I die, I'm going to be with the Lord. And you know what? I'm going to have a brand new body, Sister Ginger. I'm not going to be wrapped up. Amen? Anyways, back to, is not your king in Zion? Is not God here? Then why are you worshiping other gods? And if you want to know the truth, one of the major problems wrong with the United States of America is we are worshiping strange pagan gods. He used to be the God over America, but we have taken him down from being over. In fact, we have tried our best to replace him. And then we wonder why our country's in the shape she's in. Notice what else it says. And here is the most important verse I'm going to share with you. Verse 20 and 22. 
The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. You see, understand, during Assyrian captivity, they were all huddled up inside the walls of Jerusalem. And for a while, they had food. And they had water. But over a period of time, the food dried up. The water was drying up. The harvest was past. Amen? And what happened? We're still not saved. Why aren't they saved? Because they had turned their backs on God and God was allowing them to reap what they sow. How many of us this morning is the harvest passed from us? And we're not saved and we're wondering what are we going to do? And then prophet of God, Jeremiah, says this is what you need to do, Israel. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Is there no balm in Gilead? You say, well, what's he said? I don't understand. Well, of course, balm was medicine. It was a salve. It was an ointment. But what he's trying to say is this. By asking the question, is there no balm? Today, he's saying to us, and he's saying to even Israel today, this. Is Jesus not there to forgive us of our sins? Did Jesus not die on the cross and make atonement for our sins? You see, Jesus is the answer for all sin. He on the cross, his blood that was sacrificed on our behalf cleanses from all sin. It takes care of the sin problem. And Jeremiah is simply saying, here's the Lord. He is the answer to the problem. Why don't you apply a little Jesus? Beloved, I don't know about you. I can only answer for myself. I need to apply Jesus every day. I need his ointment every single day. If you're here this morning, have you applied the ointment? Is Jesus the remedy for you, for your sin? Have you asked him 
to save you? You see, he and he alone can fix that sin problem. But you got to come to him. Church, we need to stand. Church, we need courage. And we need faith in the remedy for what ails us all. Sin. And Jesus is the remedy. If you are under the sound of my voice and you never trusted Christ, come before it's too late. If you have slipped in your daily walk with the Lord, you come and apply that balm of Gilead because it'll take care of it. That's one remedy that works every time. You ever had an infection and gotten antibiotics? Sure, most of us have. And most of the time, they tend to work. But there have been times, especially in my life, where they weren't strong enough. I had to go get another prescription in order for it to work. But with Jesus, you can only go once and you don't have to worry about it not being the remedy. It'll take care of every situation. Especially that sin problem we all have. That forgetfulness. That idleness. If ever was a time to get the gospel out, it's now. Let me just throw this in and I won't charge you. If we don't do it, who will? Child of God? If it ain't us, who's going to do it? The world certainly isn't. The Lord is depending on us. So let's give him our hearts. Let's make sure we're right. And then let's just serve him until that trumpet sounds. And then let's go home. Amen? Let me get there. When we see the glory that he's waiting, has waiting for us, you know what? We're going to realize all of these struggles, what was I thinking? Dear Lord, man, I have it all. I have it all. And not because I deserve it or I did anything. It's because of what you did on the cross for me. You did it all. All of it. So stand with me. Ask these questions. Why am I a perpetual backslider? Why do I sit idle? Why do I rush headlong into my sin without thinking about the consequences? Why am I worshiping idols when there's only one true and living God? And why am I sick with this sin problem when Jesus is there who is the remedy for what else? Ask yourselves, examine your hearts, where are you this 
this morning. Father, that's the message. Thank you for letting me share your word. May I take this word and apply it to my own life. And may this word be applied to those I stood before. Lord, you know the spiritual condition of those that are here. We're either saved or we're lost. There's those here that aren't saved and your Holy Spirit has convicted and convinced them of that need. May they come forward for salvation before it's too late. Lord, there may be others that have drifted in their walk with you. Lord, deal with their hearts and draw them to you in this altar this morning as you see fit. So bless the invitation. Whosoever will, let them come. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.